This talk by John Sutherland is the second of nine in the series Vima Lakirti, The Dream of Awakening and the Room Where the Broken Heart Mends. He was given at Cerro Gordo Temple in Santa Fe, New Mexico on April 21st, 2011. A beautiful spring evening to you all, Bodhisattvas. Thank you. Uh, last week we began talking about a text called the Vimala Kirti, the Sutra as spoken by Vimala Kirti. And this was a text that was uh, foundational to Chan Buddhism, to Chinese Buddhism, and out of which came the Koan tradition. Um, so it's a kind of ancestor of ours. And I'd like to keep talking about it some more tonight and probably for a, a few more times as well. The great theme of the sutra as spoken by Vimala Kirti is non-duality, or as the Chinese say with kind of typical pungency, not two, T-W-O. And um, that's what it's about. It's about not two in a lot of different ways. Vimala Kirti was, uh, lived the life of a householder but he was um, also deeply committed to his um, spiritual practice and didn't see those two things as different, not unlike probably almost everybody in this room. Uh, And if this sutra is the kind of philosophical laying out of not two, it then, over the next 1,500 years, appeared in many different ways, embodied in many different ways in, in uh, China. And because we here in this community are making community in a way that's different from most of what's happening in mainstream American Buddhism, we've looked for our ancestors. Who, who are the people who've been asking the same kinds of questions we asked and coming up with ways to embody not to um, that, that feels uh, congruent, harmonious with our own senses of our lives. And one of the ancestors that, that has um, really come alive for some of us is a, a group of, of women about a thousand years after the sutra called the Daoren. And Daoren means people of the way. And um, they were women in, in um, sort of high classical Chinese culture who, who chose not to go into the monastic institutions of Buddhism, not to go into the convents, but not to live um, in the lives that were um, uh, awaiting them otherwise. Uh, in society and so they came together in intentional communities and lived by spiritual rules or, or, or customs of spiritual discipline that they themselves developed and agreed to together. They were um, autonomous and um, so but because of the way they lived which was kind of um, quite beautiful and, and powerful they were also trusted even though they lived outside the usual structures of authority of the culture and so they were able to um, go and be with women in all the different ways that women were in the culture. They could be with women in the fields, farming, they could be in the um, very cloistered um, lives of women in, in upper class and literary families. 
And here we have um, a real embodiment of not to, because in this tradition, which begins with the Vimalakirti Sutra, um, this is my, my interpretation, but my understanding is that the practice of not to is uh, founded on two, <laughs> two things, which is um, subverting and connecting. And the subverting is at a philosophical level, which is what Vimalakirti is doing, um, subverting anything that um, reinforces or gives us a way to exercise our tendency to make two, right? To make duality, to divide things up into this pile and that pile, us and them, black and white, right and wrong, all the endless ways that we do that. So um, subversion is really uh, is really important, and then the second part is connecting. So if we can subvert the habit of mind, which makes twos and and um, dualities, um, that's a really good thing because the world is not fundamentally dualistic. Dualism is in this view of things, which is largely our view of things. Um, dualism is a trick of the mind, not a description of the way the world inherently is. So if we can subvert our tendency to make twos, then we can take the next step, which is to begin to connect those things that have been separated by the trick of the mind that is not two. So, so clear the ground, clear out the bramble thicket of, um, of, of twos and divisions and categories and separations, and then connect what has been artificially sundered, bring things back together. And that applies not only to our relationships with each other in all the ways that we make us and them, you know, the apparently infinite ability of human beings to find different categories of us and them, um, but also, say, between us and the other creatures of the world, between us and the natural world as a whole, um, between red states and blue states, you know, what, however it is that it, that it appears, to connect those things. And to the extent that we are able to subvert and connect both philosophically, as Vimalakirti did, and in actual practice in our lives, in what we do in our lives, as the Daoren did, to the extent that we can do that, we are becoming more realistic. We are becoming closer and closer to the way things actually are. Because the world as it actually is, when the trick of the mind is not in operation, is thunderously and radiantly not to. So, this is the... um, this sutra, this Vimalakirti Sutra, was the seed that was planted that created this very rich tradition, you know, of which we are a, a late and fragile leaf at <laughs> the top of some tiny twig on the tree. And um, I'll just I'll just say a couple of words for anybody who wasn't here last time that that. Um, Vimalakirti, the legend of Vimalakirti is that he lived at the time of Shakyamuni Buddha, the historical Buddha. And the, the sutra actually begins with the Buddha giving a talk in a beautiful park in the city where Vimalakirti lives. 
and um, he hears that, that Vimalakirti is sick and he wants to send an emissary to go check on him and see how he is and if there's anything he needs. But nobody, none of the bodhisattvas, none of the advanced disciples, not nobody around the Buddha, and he asks hundreds of people, um, want to go talk to Vimalakirti because they've had encounters with him before in which they found him extremely disconcerting. So you have this um, householder, this lay person, whom the bodhisattvas don't want to go be alone in a room with. (laughs) And then you have the kind of um, added sort of ramping up the the stakes by the fact that Vimalakirti is sick. Well, he's a bodhisattva, so what what is it about a sick bodhisattva? What is that about? That feels in the terms of of, um, that time and place like a contradiction. That's just too weird. Isn't the whole point about working your whole life to become a bodhisattva so that you don't have to be sick anymore? Isn't that the... So what, what is that about? And really, I'd rather spend... You know, Sunday in the park with the Buddha, then go deal with this disconcerting, sick lay person. So there's the kind of underlying duality that gets that gets set up. Um, and then in that in that early part, as the the sutra is introduced, there's there's an instance that I won't I won't repeat, but the the upshot of it is that the Buddha teaches that. This someone Shariputra says, I have a really hard time seeing this world as a pure land. It, it's just too hard. It's too painful. There's too much bad stuff going on. How could this be a pure land? And and the Buddha says, um, this place is already the pure land. It's your way of seeing it that makes you feel it's not. That's a really radical thing. That's saying there isn't. You know, there's this this troubled, difficult, painful world and our job is to fix it this world, in all of its trouble in all of its complication this is the pure land Okay, so that question then gets held all the way through the sutra and we'll hold it all the way through these conversations what could that mean that the world as it is is already the pure land and it's our way of perceiving that that makes that um, invisible to us Okay, so where we left it last time, um, as you'll recall, is that finally Manjushri, the Bodhisattva of Wisdom, agrees. All right, I'll go talk to Vimalakirti. And then everybody else who's refused to go thinks, oh, this is going to be good. You know, Vimalakirti against Manjushri. There's a conversation I want. I don't want to have it, but I want to watch it. So Manjushri ends up... um, going to Vimalakirti's trailed by thousands and thousands of, of all of these beings who, who are at this um, in this park together. And when and Vimalakirti knows they're coming and so he clears out the house, he gets rid of everything in the house and he sends everybody away for the day. So that when they get there, there is only Vimalakirti lying on a couch, lying on his sickbed. That's all that's all there is. So you have this um, this stark confrontation with the absolute fact, the sick bodhisattva. Um, and nothing to distract you, nothing else going on. Just You're just in a room alone with that. And Shariputra, who's a kind of um, slightly comic, wonderful figure throughout, um, 
in, in the midst of this, the sort of glory of this meeting and all of the potential says, yeah, but where's everybody going to sit? <laughs> and um, so that's sort of where we left because female Kirti asks him, good sir, did you come for the Dharma or did you come for a seat? Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit last week about um, how, what are, the, what are the seats we come looking for? When, when we come to practice, what, what, in what ways are we looking for a seat, which might be relief of suffering or greater compassion or wisdom or ease? I mean, there, there are lots of different ways that that can manifest. But to the extent that we are seeking that, that inhibits us from actually finding the Dharma. Because the Dharma is none of those things. It's none of those goals, however noble they are. And it's none of the techniques or practices that have been taught over the last 2,000 years and by you know, other people for many thousands of years before that. It's none of those techniques. It's not, you know, it, it, the Dharma is not meditation. The Dharma is not inquiry. The Dharma is not even koans, it hurts me to say. Um, <laughs> The Dharma is when we subvert um, all of our ideas about what it is, all of our ideas about what we think we're looking for, all of our ideas about how we think we're going to find it, what are the ways, the techniques we're going to use to find it. When we subvert all of that and we clear all of that away and we're standing on the bare ground, the Dharma is what walks toward you then. which from any time before you get to that moment is unimaginable, is by its nature unimaginable to you. So ideas are not really very helpful, actually. Goals are not very helpful, only maybe distracting. Okay, so um, we don't have, we don't ha- we don't have those seats. We let those seats go and we stand on the bare ground and notice what happens. Nonetheless, um, Vimala Kirti being um, also a householder and sensitive to the needs of his guests, immediately contacts a, a Buddha in another realm and orders up 32,000 large lion thrones. And for, for the comfort and use of his guests. So in this 10 by 10 foot room, and I'll just, I'll just say parenthetically, so it's something I really love. Um, the, since, since that time, Vimal Kirchi's room was you know, traditionally 10 feet by 10 feet. And since then, the, um, the room that a, that a Zen teacher uses is traditionally in a temple 10 feet by 10 feet in honor of Vimala Kirti's room and what can happen there. So work in the room, for all of you who are doing work in the room, takes place in Vimala Kirti's 10 by 10 foot room on 32,000 lion thrones. Okay, anyway. So he, he brings in these lion thrones and everybody has a place to sit in this little tiny room. And one of the one of the like fleeting details in in the sutra that I, you know my soul attaches to is all these thirty two thousand thrones come in. All these people are there. Everybody's sitting in this little room, and the house is not deformed by this. And the block on which the house sits is not deformed by this. And the city is not deformed by this. And this this seems really you know like one of those small and and telling details that. Um, this is not a practice about display and being special and having lots of um, special things we do and special ways we do them. You know, we, we are the 10 by 10 foot room that can contain 32,000 lion thrones and anybody walking by in the street outside wouldn't know. 
you know each of us is that 10 by 10 foot room with all of that go all of that beauty richness despair difficulty tragedy triumph all of it going on inside of us and yet we live ordinary householders lives and that's important and how that is important I think will become more clear as we go along um, okay so so back to this stark confrontation with Vimala Kirti lying on his sickbed um, here's the here's the third uh, radical thing which is which is um, when Vimala Kirti begins to speak he speaks a dharma of utter allegiance to this world absolute unquestioning unmitigated un you know um, comforted allegiance to the world and his illness in this case is part of that is part of what he has absolute connection with in the way we're talking about connection absolute allegiance to so when we talk about uh, Vimala Kirti as being sick, you know, in, for the purposes of the story, it's a physical illness. But obviously, it's speaking about any kind of dis-ease, any kind of being off balance that we experience in our lives of whatever sort of, you know, that that that's happening internally to with us is happening in our relationship with the world, happening in the world around us. Whatever is, you know, tilty. Um, is 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 what Vimala Kirti is talking about as he talks about illness, and he's saying that that quality of tiltiness is fundamental to this world. How it can be a pure land already is that it is the, the tilty pure land. It is the the pure land where things are constantly being rocked where things are never quite finding center and balance or maybe for an instant before they get knocked off again. So it's a world in in constant motion and off-balancedness. And Vimala Kirchi says what we have to do if we take up the way of not to is to accept the offer that this world makes. The offer that this world makes is to be um, an unbalanced being in an unbalanced world and to dance that. How do we do that? And if the, the negative qualities of that are obvious, there's suffering, there's difficulty, things are hard sometimes, um, there's also there's an equal positive quality of it, which is the multiplicity of this world. There's so much going on. There's so many possibilities. There's so much change all the time. So many things happening that um, part of the instability is a kind of creativity. And so Vimal Kirti saying, I think, you know, in my interpretation, we cannot just look at the instability of this world as the cause of suffering and difficulty. We also have to accept the instability of this world as the cause of creativity and responsiveness to the difficulty. Okay? And um, as if to make the point, later on in the sutra, um, 
our world, this tippy world, the tilty world, is contrasted with um, the world that's called many fragrances. And, and Vimalakirti makes contact with this world of many fragrances so that everybody in the room can see it. And it's a, you know, it's a kind of beautiful, perfect, non-tilty world. So, so the, um, the sutra describes it as all the inhabitants of this world built their halls and towers out of fragrances. Isn't that wonderful? Strolled the fragrant ground and had gardens all made of fragrances. The fragrant aroma of their food wafted to immeasurable worlds in the ten directions. And when this contact is made through the, whatever wormhole it was that Vimalakirti opened up, and the, the, the people who are in the world of many fragrances look at this world, they go, wow, that looks tough, you know. And Vimalakirti says, don't make good and bad. You know, that's the world of many fragrances. This is the tilty world. You know, don't make good and bad. Don't rank. You know that it's really important that we realize that um, the universe is that multiple, that full of many different possibilities. And if we're here, our job is to accept the offer of this world and not just long for rebirth in the world of many fragrances. Um, Okay, I'm already out of time. There's so much, so much to say. Maybe I'll just I'll say one more thing, and then and then we'll close and and, and keep going next week. Um, so, especially in in this kind of contrast between the the tilty world and and the world of many fragrances, um, one of the things that Vimalakirti is is implying is that our job as bodhisattvas in training is not to think of the bodhisattva as a kind of template of perfection that we're going to squeeze ourselves into, we're going to somehow engineer or create you know, our, us to be like a template. But actually in this world, in the tilthy world, in the world of multiplicity, there are a gazillion different ways to be a bodhisattva. And in the, in the sutra there's this huge list of all of these different names of the bodhisattva. And I remember the first time I read the sutra, years ago, I thought, oh, it's just part of that sort of tendency in the sutras to like elaborate on it, you know, the, the chillicosms and the universes and the, all the, and, and all the wonderful names and the jewels and the flowers and the music. And, um, but I don't think that's true anymore. I think this is really actually a very deep Dharma point, which is there is not a bodhisattva. There is unblinking bodhisattva, wonderful arm bodhisattva, jewel hand bodhisattva, Lion Mind Bodhisattva, Pure Emancipation Bodhisattva, Universal Maintenance Bodhisattva, which I particularly love because it's like the great celestial janitor, right? Universal Maintenance Bodhisattva, Jewel jewel Courage Bodhisattva, Roots of Joy Bodhisattva, Joyful Vision Bodhisattva, Sounds of Thunder Bodhisattva, Serene Capacity Bodhisattva, Store of Virtue Bodhisattva, Delights in the Real Bodhisattva. And then there are three which really show that there is not a single template for, um, for, for our fully realized spiritual lives. There is the Viewing Equality Bodhisattva, the viewing inequality bodhisattva and the viewing equality and inequality bodhisattva. <laughs> okay, so if you have a world of duality, two of those have to be wrong. You have to choose one, right? One of those bodhisattvas is right and they all, they all three can't be right. In not two, they're all three 
possibilities. They're all three part of the creativity of the multiplicity of this world. So I think that the invitation in this list, and this is like a fraction of this list of all these bodhisattvas, the invitation is to say you are not trying to squeeze yourself into one template of what it means to be fully realized. You are looking to discover what your particular expression of that is. That's your job. In the tilty world, your job is to use the multiplicity for the benefit of all and to figure out whether you're jewel hand bodhisattva or um, universal maintenance bodhisattva. <laughs> okay? So, um, all right, I will stop there because I, I want to leave time for any kind of comments or questions you have. And then next week, we'll come back to all of them confronting um, Vimalakirti lying there on the bed and Manjushri asks him about his illness and the first conversation they have is about the nature of, of illness and the nature of um, compassion in relationship to illness. Okay. So, for now, comments or questions I would love to hear. Yes? When is the book coming out? <laughs> Thank you. translations this year, maybe maybe next year. Thank you. John, where, where did the world of consciousness, how did that appear in the room? Uh, um, there's, when the question, so, so I'm, okay, I'm going to, I'll tell you a joke too early, but Shariputra who, who asked, um, you know, where's everybody going to sit? Then, then Manjushri and Vimalakirti had this amazing dialogue, right, which we'll kind of go through a little bit. And, there, and, it, and it comes to this sort of thunderous conclusion in Vimalakirti's silence. And then the next chapter begins, Shariputra looked at his watch and said, it's noon. How are we going to feed all these people? <laughs> so um, um, Vimalakirti hears his thought and responds to it by opening this portal to the to the world of many fragrances, who then feed everybody in the in the room, who send down their uh, f- food made of fragrances, in a bowl that is never exhausted, no matter how many people eat from it. So it is it's Shariputra's um, growling stomach that that brings it into the room. They're looking for an out on the question of illness that they think will happen in this amazing dialogue. And what happens is they discover that there's no easy out like that and they have to actually live through it. Yeah. Shari Pujra, um, what do you call it, in comedy, you know, the guy who, the straight man. He's not, in this sutra he is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but not in general, I mean, in general, he was he was of high, you know, people people thought very highly of him. He was, and so highly that, you know, Guan Yin gives the Heart Sutra to him, right? Speaks it to him. I am sick because the whole world is sick, Vimalakirti said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. These talks are made available through your donations to Cloud Dragon, the Joan Sutherland Dharma Works. To learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at joansutherlanddharmaworks.org.